service where service is their specialty proud sponsor of this morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 6:30 chat 705 well it's been bad for anyone who relies on cold weather to run their business ski hills like there's a there's some pretty wickedly terrible uh video coming out of places like whistler where it's pretty much dirt it's just it's, you gotta you gotta have the colder temperatures to make snow exactly the natural stuff isn't really falling yeah and what about ice and we've heard you know, there's a. I, I am seeing outdoor rinks. I'm seeing kids on outdoor rinks, but I'm wondering about the the ice conditions. Obviously, it's cooler now, so it, that will improve over the next couple of days. Ice fishing shacks. There's some pretty fancy ones out there too, where uh, you're mm-hmm. on adventures. Whether you're you know you're you're renting a shack or you have one on your own. Obviously, with the tragedy that happened last week, where an entire family um, died. Uh, uh, on, on thin ice at yeah. Lac Saint Anne, it it's, it it makes you think twice about mm. you know driving a truck on the ice, which Absolutely. so many years before that we didn't think twice because it was cold enough to yeah. sustain. And so I'm wondering, you know, are are some of those businesses suffering? Let's check in with Jared Littlejohn, who's the owner and operator of Adventure Ice Fishing out in Gull Lake. Joining us this morning, Jared, thanks so much for your time. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. You betcha. You probably liked hearing that forecast with those minuses. <laughs> and I am really ones. liking that. Yes. Uh, what <laughs> has bus- what has business been like? Uh, have you been impacted by the by the warm weather? Yeah, we have. Um, we've been operating for about 17 years out on Gull Lake, and uh, this is the uh, the latest that we've ever been on the ice this year. So we missed a lot of that uh, Christmas time business. You know losing out on our Christmas bonuses, I guess. <laughs> so when do you usually open, and w- when did you open this year? Uh, we usually are out on the lake by December 11th, and this year we weren't out until the 27th. Hmm. And so what th- what conditions did you see? Uh, not, enough, not enough ice. <laughs> that was the main one. <laughs> so how thick does it have to be before you get you get out there? Well... Um, it all depends. Um, so for uh, lighter cars and lighter trucks, uh, we like to have at least 13 to 14 inches of good dark ice. You know, um, ice quality is just as important as ice thickness. Um, so we're constantly out there every day checking the ice thickness and checking it in a huge area because the lakes don't always freeze consistently. You know, over here you could have eight inches. Over here you could have twelve inches. So that's something you got to be aware of as well. Well, I and mean, yeah, I wonder if uh, for people who do end up going driving out, we did have the tragedy with the folks out on their on their side by side going across uh, the lake. Uh, do most people? I guess some people are well aware of uh, of of ice quality as well as depth, but there's an awful lot to take into account. There's an awful lot. Rule number one is never take anybody else's word for it. Go out there and check your own ice and go out when you feel it's safe. Um, So let's say for early ice conditions, you want to always make sure you're with a friend. Um, Go out with a spud bar, check the ice as you go. Uh, Make sure you have things like ice picks, uh, throw rope. Uh, These days there's really good ice fishing suits you can get that will keep you dry and keep you floating if you do happen to go in. Um, from there, it's a good idea to drill your holes and have a look at the ice quality. Like I said before, 
dark blue ice is really good ice. If you're seeing white spots in the ice, that means that you have some air pockets. And if it's all gray ice, that means it's um, very poor ice conditions. You want to stay off at that point. Jared, how long have you been doing this? Uh, we've been doing this for 17 years. We're the oldest ice hot rental company in central Alberta. And so you know how to do this, right? But if, you know, yes. I know my grandparents ice fished on Gull Lake and yep. didn't do it with a company. And do they have all of that stuff? I'm not quite sure if they did that. So there's lots of people getting out on the ice and they're not, you know, haven't been in the business for 17 years and they're sort of doing it on their own. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we, we see that quite a bit. And that's why I say rule number one is never take anybody else's uh, word for it. Go out there and check that ice yourself. Uh, are there things you should watch out for either if you're doing it yourself? Uh, I know you talked about the ice conditions, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, is there, is there an issue with having too many people congregated in one area? I've heard of people talking about if you're driving across the ice, you could potentially, if you have a bunch of vehicles going across the ice, even at speed, you can create almost a wave. Are these fallacies? Are these myths? Or are these things we need to keep in mind? Yeah, that's when you're creating the waves. That's more about talking like uh, you know, like the ice road truckers and stuff like that. As those semis are going across the lake, the ice is flexing and it's pushing ahead of them. Um, I would say things you want to look out for are um, pressure heaves, pressure cracks. If you're on smaller trout ponds, uh, you know they have aerators. That's something you want to stay away from. And also natural springs. A lot of the lakes have natural springs. Mm-hmm. Now, Gall Lake, where we're at, it doesn't have any inflow water. It doesn't have any natural springs. Um, It's quite a shallow lake, so it freezes up uh, earlier than other lakes do. Are your customers nervous? Are they expressing that to you? Um, Some are and some aren't. And if... um, you know, if we have customers that are nervous, we're we're happy to transport them from the shore over to the ice shacks. Um, but for the most part, since we have had so much experience doing this, um, and we've never had any issues in 17 years, everybody feels quite safe out there with us. Hey, Jared, what's the appeal of sitting in a shack and fishing? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be facetious. <laughs> Just, what is it that draws Sitting. people out to do this? Sitting in a shack and fishing. Staying um, warm and watching. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer ever. Right? That's what you get from a fisherman. Um, with our shacks, they're uh, fully loaded. So, you know, we provide everything you need for a great day ice fishing. So the shacks are heated. We pre-drill the holes. They come with all the fishing gear, the bait. They have bunk beds. They have little kitchens. You have your heat. Um, we have underwater cameras, so when the bite is slow, at least you can see the fish that you're not catching. Oh, that's fun. And yes. you can you can sleep there too, right? Like okay. on the ice? Yes. Yeah, you bet. Ice camping. So, ice camping. So you, can, you can lie in your bed and uh, fish right at the same time. Uh, what are the fish like in Gull Lake? Can you, can you pull them up? Can you yank one out of the water, uh, clean it, and fry it up right there? Yes, sir. Yes, you can. Yeah, so mainly on Gull Lake, uh, we're catching burbot, uh, perch, whitefish, walleye, and pike. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I spent many I spent many a year ice fishing and just wanting to go back to the shore on Gull Lake because it wasn't sort of my thing. I haven't. But done it was it so cool just to watch the hole and to see the the fish rolling under underneath and 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 going by. Are, are the fish biting? I guess they're really happy that you haven't been out there. Um, yeah, the fish are biting actually right now, so they've been waiting for us. 
<laughs> hey, Jared, uh, in, in the next segment, we'd plan to talk about, about tipping and the, the launch of, of, of ridiculous levels of tipping that's being required. Uh, do you guys expect tips? Where do you land in the whole world of tipping these days for services? Yeah, no, we, we never expect tips. Um, if they come, great. Yeah, that's right. But um, we're uh, we're huge on providing high quality service for people, making the people feel safe. Um, for people that have never fished before, we're going to give them the proper tips to make sure they have a good chance of getting on some fish. Yeah, it's actually it looks really fun if you go into your website and and check out uh, your huts. It looks kind of like yeah. a nice little adventure for a family, for sure. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. That was Jared right. Littlejohn, owner-operator with Adventure Ice Fishing on Gull Lake. And apparently we have an ice fishing joke. Oh. Man calls his insurance company and asks if he's covered with wildlife accidents. Insurance agent asks, what did you hit? And he says, walleye. Okay, maybe I should have. <laughs> what? I, I don't get it. I don't get it, Darren. Anyway, I thought maybe I, that was a cold read. Yeah. I thought, ice fishing joke. I'm like, I love the jokes. <laughs> But maybe. Yeah, no, maybe not that one. Well, well, we read it over. If we can figure it out, we'll try to figure it out better in the commercial break. (laughs) We are going to talk tipping. It made us laugh. Yeah, it did. Uh, How much do you tip in these days? 20? 15? 30? It all depends. Depends. And do you tip everywhere? We'll dive into that coming up. This morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. All right, we had a joke go wrong in the last segment, an ice fishing Was it the joke, joke. or was it us? Because neither one of us got that one. Uh, yeah, we read it over the commercial break, and we still have no idea what it's about. So I have one. <laughs> <laughs> I know this one's good. What's the difference between a canoe and a Canadian? The difference between a canoe and a Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the difference. Canoes tip. And Canadians don't? I guess. Well, well, there you go. You know, I, I I've heard we this dip. joke. Oh, well, of course we do. There, there's a new survey out that says uh, Canadians are the second biggest tippers after Americans. We well, tip that's between 15 and then. 20%. It's a 15, funny. 20%. Well, at least you can understand the joke. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, maybe Darren needs to redo the joke and then resend it because it didn't quite come out uh, very Oh, very he good. says it's because the truck was in the water, he fell through the ice, and he ran into a walleye on the way down. That's That was the accident. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Well, Darren, try again. <laughs> but thank you for we the love effort. You, and thanks for love listening. You. Love you. Thank um, you. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tipping, um, how much do you tip? Where do you tip? It seems like more and more places are, are having tip jars or tip options, like at the liquor store. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I picked it up off the shelf and brought it to you, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Actually, there's a whole bunch places. of different levels. There is that. There's that one, but mm-hmm. even just the numbers and what your your go-to options are for for what you're supposed to tip that seems to be and an awful lot higher. My food, if I give them five percent, like if somebody, I got my eyebrows waxed the other day. Well, you're you're and tipping actually, after the fact, so you yeah, should be okay. So I got my eyebrows um, threaded. I didn't get them waxed. I got threaded. them threaded. I think it. I think I sat in the chair. I don't know, three minutes, four minutes, and I got out, and instead of tipping, I, I tipped, I think, 10%, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, maybe I should have tipped 15 It wasn't that much money, and I, I actually thought about it as I was walking through the mall going, oh, maybe I should have tipped a little bit more, And but then I got home and looked a little closer, and I don't think she did a very good job, but, you know, where, where do you draw the line, right? 
Uh, exactly. I guess, you know, first got to figure out, you know, where all is, is it hitting us? So Courtney Terrio on his show, I uh, was talking with David Soberman as a marketing professor out of uh, University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management, was just talking about what the situation is. So is it just the amounts or is it, the, well, you know, where you're now expected to dip? Apparently it's a little bit of both. There's two dimensions of it. One is the actual increase in the percentages Mm -hmm. that people are being expected to give when they eat in a typical full-serve restaurant. And the second is wider um, sectors in which uh, tips are being requested by people that are serving us. Yeah, and then I really agree, too. He had also talked yesterday about how it sort of started during the pandemic. And you, you felt bad for some of the businesses really being hit, and people started tipping more and helping out a little and, bit and more. And how do you just, claw that back? Yeah, now. and then it's it continued. Too late? Yeah, yeah. That, that that era has has ended, but the the the, the action continues. Uh, and then, you know, in, in restaurants, uh, it seems we keep here, you know, I feel bad for my local restaurant and for the servers, but is tipping always the answer? Sometimes I feel bad for me when I look at all the bills that are coming in, right? Everyone's suffering at this point. And I, and I think he, he, he did put out a warning to restaurants that they need to be careful with, with some of the requests. If they start at 20%, maybe that's not a great idea. Um, I think there's an overall effect too, which is people may start saying, you know, I don't really like going to restaurants as much as I used to. And the restaurants have indeed suffered. I mean, they suffered a lot during the pandemic, but things haven't yet returned to what they were pre-pandemic. And if you start being really aggressive with the tips that you're demanding, especially when everyday Canadians now are having a hard time making ends meet, that's going to be something which uh, affects your willingness to even go out to a restaurant. Uh, And then there's the whole action of as you're tipping, who's watching you? You know, is somebody keeping an eye on what you're doing? Do you feel weird if you plug in only, and I'm saying this somewhat facetiously, I only tipped 18%. Is that bad? I don't don't know. I don't know. It, 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 I think that's the shame we put upon ourselves, not somebody else, because I'm sure that they've been tipped less by somebody else. I'm sure. But, you know, what if what if it's this situation? So, uh, you know, uh, David Soberman was talking about when, when say, for an example, uh, a waitstaff stands right over you. Oftentimes, the uh, waiter or the person that served you is standing over you when you fill out the uh, prompts and put in your code to pay the bill. And as they're standing there, it's pretty hard to sort of put in 15% if it's not even one of the choices that you have. And it's almost a form of, of shaming. And I think that if you think back, there, to you, you mentioned there was an era where you could either select dollars or percents, or if you go back to an era when we all paid in cash, you would actually just simply leave money on the table. And the whole issue is, is that, you know, most people did leave a tip, but at least you didn't feel this social pressure that exists with uh, the current uh, state of affairs. I do like the tip options in terms of percentages, just because I don't have to do math. You don't <laughs> like the math. Sometimes, sometimes that can get a little, like you don't want to tip too much or too little. So that's why it's, it's a nice option because many places don't have that. It, you know, you go down to the States and sometimes they don't have that, that tip option. And we're just like, okay, carry the four. I got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I dislike most but, is mm-hmm. when you're, you're at a, you get fine service, whatever, your night's coming to an end. And the only time the waiter or waitress will talk to you as well 
you're you, you get the bill and you're starting to go to your uh, go to the to the machine and type in how you doing so everything good what you doing the rest of the night how's your plans oh, and they and ignored all, you the and entire and all of a sudden other... they want to be friendly with you because you're about to put the tip in right but they ignored you the entire time you've been sitting there before well didn't ignore me they just served me right but okay. then all of a sudden nothing extra oh now right? they're Mr. Personnel well, now all of a sudden I'm putting my tip in they're going so what's the plans for the rest of your night see otherwise they're just standing there with their arms crossed looking yeah. at you staring at yeah. you eyeballing it yeah. and just waiting and there's uncomfortable silence it's so they're sh- trying to fill uncomfortable it's, silence he's right it should be etiquette for them to walk away while you tap in your, your tip and yeah, your you do it. card yeah. and everything yeah <laughs> just hand it over then turn I'm just going to look this way and then look away <laughs> Let them finish doing Yeah, I what think they that's do. the pressure we put on ourselves, too. Yeah. You know, the dinner's over, uh, so then they can just go online and say, Morley Scott's a terrible tipper. Yeah. Yep. I Did believe- you see Stacey Bratzel only tipping 5%? Well, I do. <laughs> that's, a, that's a longer story. But let's just say, because we've been in the public eye, uh, if somebody else pays at your table and they stiff oh. the, the, the person and you're there, they this don't happened? remember the person who stiffed them. They remember you. And yes, that has happened to me. So ever since that mm-hmm. time, I almost over tip. Because so what happened? They, Quickly, uh, I know we don't was, have a lot was, of time. It was but... somebody got taken out by a consultant okay. who was on an expense account. Could have racked up and didn't, you know, we spent like three hours in a restaurant and he under tipped, way under tipped. And it ended up being the son of a friend of mine who says, hey, Daryl, just so you know, this is what happened. They know that you didn't pay the bill, but the only people they remember is you. Oh. So, ever since then, I, I, I have I'm, to be more cognizant of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah or still, I, I just over tip because I do and I can. So, so, what's over tip? Well, not over, but it's usually it's twenty percent, mm-hmm. unless they really tick me off. Then I go all the way down to eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> they start bringing you food every morning. <laughs> I bet. If you bring me food and I like it, I'm tipping you, Marty Scott. That's all the right. way that's working.